to enjoy life. You have one chance and you have one heart. And if you carry all that hatred in your heart, you're preventing yourself that happiness that life is all about. You should just enjoy life, enjoy what life has to offer. And for me personally, there is nothing better in life than the laughter of a child, than to be able to pay it forward and help somebody in need, to watch them find that inner spirit and inner life again. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're tuning in with us. This is a contagious smile where every smile tells a story. We have an incredible guest with us today. Her name is Dr. Stephanie, and she works with special needs children. Um, and I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about her because I've been trying to get her on here for a while. So I'm passing the torch. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephanie. I am a physical therapist with 10 years of pediatric experience, and I am also board certified in pediatrics and have no plans to ever leave the pediatric world. Yes, and for people who don't know, you and I have literally become family because you helped take care of Faith when she was little for many, many, many years. I did. We like to give each other a run for our (laughs) our money, (laughs) give each other a hard time, but um, she is an incredible She's a teenager now, which is insane that I've worked with her that many years ago. And now she's a teenager, but she, I mean, kids in general restore my faith in humanity and their resiliency and especially kids with special needs. They, they make you see the world in a very different light. And that's one of the things I love most about what I do. Yeah. They don't take anything for granted. They don't take any, every day. It doesn't matter what circumstances they face or struggles they're going through they're still smiling. They're still laughing. They're still, they just managed to find joy in every situation. And it's a good reminder as an adult. Yes. And I'm trying to, I have social groups and um, support groups for the families and for the kids and doing life lessons. I'm going to start doing something called teen talk where they're going to do um, podcasts. The kids are going to do it. And I'll just kind of be in the back editing and stuff so they can do things like that. But awesome. what do you think is a great message that you can give the families, especially these kids? Their job is to be kids. Don't forget that they are, their main job is to be a kid and it gets, I know it gets overwhelming. There's all these appointments, therapies, doctors, surgeries, recoveries. But when you'd go on a family vacation, go on a family vacation. Don't worry about, oh, we didn't do our therapy homework this week that, you know, I, I tell all of my, my patients when they go on vacation, just go have fun and be kids. That's your job as, as a child. And it gets very, it gets lost sometimes with the amount of things that have to get done every day. And if you have other children and, you know, don't forget to enjoy and have fun and just do your job as a child and play. What do you say to the individuals that do not have the situation of a child with any kind of medical obstacle to overcome and they complain about, they have to go to the soccer, they have to do this, they don't have, to, they don't have time to do anything else. They don't know what it's like to have the situation where you have a child who requires more attention and, and other things. And so when you get these ignorant people, what message would you like to give them? Well, to be honest, I try to meet everybody where they're at because 
I don't have any of my own children, but I take care of over 40 kids a week. You have a goddaughter. I have a goddaughter. Well, thank you. I don't have any of my own biological (laughs) children. Um, So I try to meet people where they're at, but gentle reminders like, hey, but look what you get to do. And, you know, a lot of my friends' kids, they're in the same situation where it's baseball every night and they're, you know, those kinds of things. But they, I always remind them and try and bring them back to a positive and flip it around like, hey, yeah, you have soccer every night, but you get to see your child play a sport they love and you get to see the pure joy on their face running across the field. So I just try to, I I obviously hear what they say and, uh, you know, oh, of course, I can't even imagine how busy you guys are, but. And then they never offer to help, you know, just come over (laughs) and have playtime and and let the kids play or whatever. And it seems like the parents feel like these kids have the plague or something and they're going to get it. Well, I've, being in the profession I am, I see typical quotation children as well as special needs children because I can see zero to 21 any diagnosis essentially and I I see that the wary looks I see the hesitation to be in the same space as somebody who is medically fragile or just looks different than their own child and it's it's the parents as much as it is the children and what I have learned to do is engage that child with my patient and make it a normal interaction or a typical interaction versus something that's intimidating or scary or, or explain like, look how, you know, so-and-so's watching you. They love to watch you and this is great. And then if they ask questions, of course I have the family's permission, but I, you know what, he's in a wheelchair because his legs work differently than yours, but he can still get around. Look how fast he is in the wheelchair. So I try to normalize that in front of parents, other patients, that kind of thing. So it's not so, it, they don't seem so different. Basically. Right. Then you have the parents who don't educate the kids and the kids end up becoming bullies to these kids. Right. And the parents, I mean, and the parents are just as bad. They'll sit there and stare and, and look at you all. I mean, they do that with me with my scars. I'm out somewhere and people are like, Ugh. and I'll well, say think, hi, I'm Frankenstein. I think anything that's different is scary. And I think they're easily intimidated because, and that our kids, they're scary because they don't know that life. This is all they've known, but they aren't harsh and disrespectful and they don't bully. You never hear of a special needs kid bullying. You always hear that they get the bullying. Yeah. But again, I I think it goes back to different is scary. And if you don't look like me, act like me, walk like me, talk like me, it's, it can be intimidating and people tend to react negatively when they're intimidated so yes I'm trying to like incorporate for the summer some ideas for different camps and stuff for all of the kiddos do you have any other suggestions that you think we should consider doing other than camps or it's going to be camps like we'll have I'm doing a writer Wednesday and I'm going to help them write a book we have book clubs so they can just pick out a book and talk amongst teens and I'm, or tweens and I'm doing it so there's a relatively small class that they can make friends yeah you know and that's so important right now with everything going on that they need that yeah I mean I think music brings people together so maybe some sort of music class or camp or something like that and then I know depending on the age everybody loves crafts 
making something to take home that they're proud of. Um, yeah. Well, we're starting to breed the golden retrievers to help uh, survivors and special needs families. And I was telling my husband, it would be really cool when they got a little bit bigger than just being born. And we let the kids come over and do dog therapy and just play with puppies. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that because that dogs just change your life. They just make everything better, make you feel better. Yeah. So, it's just the overall best thing. Agreed. So what are some of the fun things that you would suggest the kids do over the summer if they have been in therapy and they're taking some time? Oh gosh, I just think going and doing things like it doesn't necessarily have to be go to the beach or, I mean, just get outside and there's tons of things. I know a lot of times I help with the newsletter for our clinic and, you know, at Halloween, we always find it what's going on around the city that's free and kids can go and do interactions and, um, and crafts and play and things like that. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, take a trip to Disneyland and those kinds of things. So that would be, be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. And can I come too? Yes. But, um, I think just getting outside and, and going for a walk with your family, however mode of mobility you have, you know, just doing things to maybe not necessarily screen time, but to connect more as a family one-on-one and just be out and about. And I mean, there's tons of stuff you can find in the city just by Googling. Right. And see, my hope in our interview today is that we kind of explain how these kids are amazing and resilient and they overcome so much and they don't take anything for granted where these other kids are like, Oh, you took away my phone. I hate my mom. I hate my dad. You know, I can't go out and see my friends. I hate, I hate, I hate, hate." you know, and I want to try to bring them more together even if it's on a smaller platform at first, because doing something for one person changes that one person's life. So I'm trying to, you know, get message out there that our kids don't have the play just because one child's in a wheelchair doesn't mean if your your child goes out and plays that they're going to end up in a wheelchair. But that's how the mentality is. Yeah. I mean, I think it starts with a conversation. Right. And, And I know a lot of states have miracle leagues, which are adaptive sports and they have, um, I keep saying typical, but it's all in quotations because, you know, right. who's, who all is really normal, who um, but they have, t- you know, kid teenagers volunteer with the special needs population for a miracle league. And um, seeing that interaction is I've been to a couple miracle league games for my kids and seeing them interact with other peers, whether they're special needs or not, is always just a very positive experience. So I think if you are curious and want to bridge the gap of not feeling intimidated by somebody different, a great way to start is volunteering and helping out and just getting, go, go talk, go ask questions. Most of the special needs families I know are open to conversation and they, they want you to talk to them and not ignore them or act like they're not even there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think starting with a conversation or, you know, opening yourself up to maybe volunteering or, I mean, a lot of, like when I was in school, I took care of a special needs child during the week and want, you know, obviously for the experience, because I knew I wanted to get into pediatrics, but also because he's still, it's still a human, still a child. 
They're not any different just because they look different. Right. But who wants to be ordinary anyway? But who what? No, who wants to be ordinary? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody wants to be plain Jane. Nobody wants to be normal. Nobody no. is normal and nobody, nobody wants to be yeah. ordinary. No. So if you had a encouraging story to share, what would you share with everyone? It could be about anybody. Like, um, well, where do I start? Anything specific, you mean? Just, you can brag on a kid how well they've done with you through the process of our light and hope and laughter to, to the listeners. <laughs> well, actually, it's it, funny you say that. I So I have to do like an updated progress summary on some of my kids every six months. And I was working on one this morning and I remember as I'm typing, I'm like, wow, the past six months, the progress she has made is night and day. Like just the, how, even from, I was telling her mom, I said, even from a maturity standpoint, if when you used to present her with new tasks that she had never done before, there was always a meltdown because it was hard. She didn't know how to do it. She didn't have the motor planning capabilities to tr- even try. Right. And I said, and just in the six months, I said, everything I did with her today in our session was brand new. There was nothing familiar about what we did today. And she never got upset. She never broke down. She never avoided the tasks. She paid attention to me when I showed her what we were doing. And I said, just, I said, not even from like a strength, gross motor skill from that perspective, she's done so well, but just typing that out on paper and seeing her progress over the past six months, it was kind of, uh, it was a very humbling moment for me because it's, it's always nice to see that what you're doing is working as well, as Mm -hmm. well as seeing just such a change in a child and in such a positive way. Right. Tell me about the progress that you had uh, from day one to now you think with your godchild. (laughs) <laughs> um can I tell my favorite story about her yes just okay so because you know faith is gonna be like well I wonder what you said yeah so well we actually have we have two favorite stories but my favorite story I think hers now you're gonna have to tell both because you I know I, gonna say, I think her favorite story of me is different than my favorite story of her <laughs> so it was her I was seeing her a couple times a week for therapy and it was her birthday week and this child and I are very kindred spirits as far as stubbornness goes. <laughs> and I had asked her to do jumping jacks and she flat out refused, threw down, I'm not doing it. And we had a prize box at the time. And so me and my stubbornness said, okay, well, you're not going to the prize box today. You're not going to the prize box next time you come. And the first thing you're doing when you get here next time, instead of 10 jumping jacks, you're going to do 50. <laughs> in her face and I just remember looking at you being like please please don't fire me <laughs> but to your credit you backed me up and she came in that next session and she did her 50 jumping jacks and at the end of this se- and that was actually her birthday yes and at the end of the session she looked at me like okay I'm gonna go to the prize box and I was like you're not going to the prize box and she but it's my birthday and I said I told you last time when you were throwing down about jumping jacks, you weren't going. And we had a much better understanding and much better following directions from then on. Didn't she make you wear the cupcake for it? Oh, 100%. She came in and smashed a cupcake in my face, which fair enough. 
Yeah. But I have a video on YouTube. I'm going to be saying it where you guys were competing on mm-hmm. push-ups, and she's so cute at the end because she turns really quick and her little curly hair just little bops over, and she's like, and you're like, you're cheating, you're cheating, and she, no, yep. I'm not. <laughs> it's so funny. Now you got to tell us the other story. What's the other one? Oh gosh, this is going to make me sound like I don't watch my patients, but um, it was another time where Miss Faith was testing boundaries and. <laughs> Um, running away from me when I was asking her to do something and she hopped up on a mat and was going like stepping backwards towards the edge of the mat and before I could get to her and I even said out loud like watch out you're too close to the edge she fell off the mat and there was a mirror right next to it that had wheels and of course she collided with the with the mirror and I again was like oh no (laughs) I'm in trouble (laughs) but thankfully she was fine she and luckily she did not hit her head or anything like that and um but I got a new nickname as a result of that what's your nickname bruiser (laughs) but I call her mini bruiser and it's all in love (laughs) (laughs) but um her progress over the years was phenomenal I went from seeing her a couple times a week to work on strength and balance and even trying to ride a bike to her not needing PT physical therapy at all anymore. So I think that's a testament to you, you me, no, you, you. No. and because seeing me once or twice a week, I can help and educate and say, you know, this is how you can work on this. This is how you can do this. But the parents are the real MVPs, VIPs, because they go home and do what I say. And that's why you see the progress that gets made is they're they're doing the work at home. Um, So that's kudos to you, ma'am. No kudos to me. No one's ever talked about how I am as a special needs mom. (laughs) Kudos to you, (laughs) ma'am. You knew they used to call me Pitbull, right? Oh, yeah. They still do. (laughs) Why do you think every time something went down with me and your child, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm not not like don't let them think that I'm like that because I'm not like that at all no you're just you're so amazing and you're such an advocate for your daughter and obviously no parent wants to see their child get injured much less like have and as a physical therapist disciplining someone else's child that is not your own that's always a fine line anyway like Mm -mm -mm, don't do that or you know it's funny when I first started I went I had every, almost every parent asked me, do you have any kids of your own? No. Well, you, we can tell. I'm like, oh, okay. And now that I've been doing it for 10 years, they're like, man, you got a good mom voice. How many kids do you have? And I'm like, I don't have any. Wow. (laughs) So just from 10 years of experience and, but it is, it's a fine line to walk when you're disciplining someone else's child. And I think out of respect for parents, obviously I, when something happens, I worry that I've crossed a line and that's, that's where my worry came from with you. Not necessarily that I was worried about you in particular. 